Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are continuing with our little four-part mini-series on the four doctors of health, the only four doctors you will ever need. And today is part three, and we are talking about doctor movement. So that's what we do, isn't it, Dan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this one's probably going to be the, the most obvious to people, mm. I would say, because people know when they move too much or they don't move enough. There's a few kind of little more nuances to it, but I think in this one we're probably going to describe the the kind of um, the hidden benefits of movement. It's not just building muscle and it's not just making you feel good. It it does serve a purpose to your organs and your all your systems of the body. So mm. hopefully we can kind of give you some new information which um, you don't think about because we all naturally know we need to move, but there is actually some really kind of technical reasons why we do need to do it. Yeah, so Doctor Movement was the one that Paul Check had to add in from the original one, three doctors from Hippocrates, yeah? So um, obviously the ancient Greeks moved around a heck of a lot more than what we did, as we've invented all these machines to stop our movement. You know, like, this is what I was thinking about the other day, you know, how I always think say that we are creatures of captivity. Like, I once saw a polar bear in the zoo and it was, like, really unhappy it's now been like rehomed and it's really happy just so you know there's a nice end to this tale but the polar bear wasn't very happy because it, its um, enclosure was getting refurbed and it was just standing in a zoo going like rocking and uh, it just looked really sad and even our Josh who was only about two at the time went mom that polar bear looks really sad so even he could see that was sad so this polar bear was like was showing signs you know like how when people are in cap, like creatures are in captivity and they're not able to do what they naturally do. I think that's what we've got, but we don't realize it. And that's what that overeating stuff and not moving and sitting in front, it's all just distractions. And if you think of every single machine that's ever been invented by a human, it's all to save movement. Yeah. And you were saying about captivity there. I mean, the last year and a half through lockdowns, people, a lot of people's mental health's really diminished because they kind of move and go out and see mm-hmm. different places. They, they feel as though they've been held captive in the house, literally told to stay in your house. So that's it. Like you said, we've just become that polar bear to some degree. We are the polar bear. Yeah. So and, we need to get out. Yeah. And people were craving it. They were going out. Loads of people took up walking that have never walked before in their life. It, but if, oh. if lockdown hadn't come around and he hadn't been told that he couldn't do it, I don't think they would have ended up walking anywhere <laughs> because they told the, like, they Hello? weren't going to do it. They then, they then went out. So, yeah, it's, it's true. We have made things far too easy for ourselves. Like, we need to move. Like you were saying, Paul added doctor movement in because the ancient Greeks never did that because to them, I think his saying was, it took three hours to just do the laundry. Mm. So, and that was an actual physical workout. They had to catch their own food and go and harvest crops and things like that. So that was all forms of physical exercise, which we don't have to do now. So exactly. we've had to add in movement. And luckily we still can do it and we can still get the benefits. Yeah, when you think it wasn't really until the 1980s that exercise became a thing because 
before then everybody was just moving you know like where we're from in the northeast men had physical jobs and women were at home you know like you said like washing used to doing the washing used to take all day so yeah it's um we it's only in the last 50 years i would say that we have replaced all movement like we haven't replaced anything else like we haven't replaced breathing or eating <laughs> with other things have we but we have replaced you know what i'm talking about like natural state of being a human is movement and that's what we've started to replace with all these extras yeah and it, and it's weird that we're in a we're both in the industry where we have to promote exercise yeah that, like that's it's, something it's, that would be alien to our grandfathers yeah you know? they were like they would yeah they would go they would have a job where they worked in a coal pit all day yeah and they would literally fall into bed at night because they were so tired from physical exercise and the body would stay fit and healthy and strong just from doing that and now like our like maybe a little bit younger than my generation but like the, your kids it's now physical exercise is getting replaced by xbox and things like that mm. so it has to be encouraged even more and the government guidelines are constantly going down about like i think pe's down to 30 minutes a week or something now yeah um but it should be encouraged as much as possible mm-hmm. it's literally a form of medicine movement it can be healthier than any medicine you'd get from a doctor just getting the correct um, amount of movement and the, and the correct kind of movement for your needs yeah i agree we are listening to a podcast with what's that guy called with the you know elon musk and he was saying that we are you know, we're becoming cyborgs. We are integrating with computers. And he says, we already have really, because we're rarely without a phone in our hands. Yeah. And that's only over the last 10 years. And we've got this other life that's online life and we, we're integrating. So we need to get out of that a little bit and reclaim our humanness. Yeah, we definitely are becoming, like you say, we've had mobile phones for years now. We just consider it like an extra limb, don't we really? Mm-hmm. But now we've got wearable tech, like... Apple watches and smart watches are getting more and more common. We don't even have to interact with them now, like with our hands. We just talk to them as well in the house with all the Alexas and yeah. Google assistants and things like that. It's only a matter yeah. of time before they get integrated into our arm or something, you know? Yeah, microchips. They probably have this tech already. They just like it's, it's roll it out slowly so it's not too much of a jump. But it's weird. Like, yeah, we, we get we so far away from nature and like with regards to movement, but even things like if you want to know what the weather's going to be like before you would like, I mean, even the past 40 years, you, you look at the weather forecast on the telly, but before that you would go outside and you would look up and you think, is it cloudy? Does it look like it's going to rain? It's but probably going to rain. Seaweed outside your door. You would, you would just, if you want to know what the weather's going to be like, go outside and see what the weather's like. <laughs> but now you don't even look out the window. You just look at your phone. How weird is it? And while the cow's lying down. Yeah, it must, must be going to rain. So I find that weird if you're sat in a building with a window and you think, what's the weather like in the next hour? You look at your phone, you don't look out the window. Well, if if it's dark clouds, it's probably going to (laughs) rain. I find that strange, but yeah, that's, it's the same happened with movement. We rely on tech. We'll sit and play football on a computer game instead of actually going out and playing football, but we need to get back to movement. It's so good for us. Yeah. So we've already done Dr. Diet and Dr. Quiet, haven't we? So Dr. Diet is the energy manufacturer. So that's how we get our energy in through our diet. Dr. Quiet is the manager of the energy. So that doctor will make sure that our energy is at the right place at the right time. And 
doctor movement is the transporter of energy around our body. So what did you call them? Head of logistics. Yeah, I've never heard that little analogy that you made there. Like they all have different kind of managerial <laughs> roles. But yeah, doctor movement would be responsible for moving the energy around. So we'll, we'll call him or her head of logistics. Head of logistics. So the doctor movement is um, also the waste management so logistics and waste management still gets rid of all of the dead cells and everything out of the body. So that's why we need to move as well, because movement, it's not just about building your muscles up and your bones and all of that stuff. It's There's a heck of a lot more to it than that, isn't there, Dan? Yeah, the, the waste removal one's a huge one. We think of movement as just getting the heart beating, getting the lungs flushed out, building some muscle, which is true. They all huge positives of movement and obviously the the mental health benefits as well but yeah waste removal one of the the biggest side effects of not enough movement is things like constipation and feeling sluggish it's because when the the muscles and the lungs and everything work they act like big pumps which we're going to talk around talk about and the the pump fluids and blood and oxygen and waste out of the body which if left unattended can be really really toxic to the point where you can actually get diseases things like colon cancer if you're not removing that waste over years it can literally kill you if you don't move enough it doesn't have to be like the crazy intense workout regime things like breathing squats and working exercises and and just going for a gentle walk every day that's the way the body's designed to move and it can eliminate the the waste which eventually will become toxic if if not treated you're right. So while you're on that subject, we're just going to go through a few things that um, lack of movement can result in. Or you maybe experience some some of these symptoms and not realize that it's due to lack of movement. Because, you know, some of this stuff's pretty common. So um, a poor metabolism, a stubborn fat that won't, you, sometimes people get weight loss resistant. And that can be because they're not moving or they're not moving in the right ways as well. There's, you know, different ways to move poor digestion um your digestive system relies on those pumping actions of like like you're saying breathing squats is perfect example of a pumping action uh chronic muscle and joint pain sometimes it's counterintuitive but you feel you need to actually move your joints and your muscles lack of flexibility constipation like you've already mentioned poor body shape and tone uh, feeling sluggish and apathetic and unmotivated, you know those those feelings that, that like we said, movements strongly linked to to mental health as well. Um, feeling tired all the time, so that can be due to a lack of movement. Yeah, a lot of these people will, will have multiple ones of them, and we spoke recently about common and normal. Mm. People might think, well, it's normal to feel tired or sluggish when I've had a hard day, but no, that's that's not normal. It's common because nine out of ten people might feel like that but it's not normal we you shouldn't feel sluggish and tired all the time and have constipation it's just become the norm because we go on a little bit of a tirade about the government but the they tell us the baseline for health is so low that we just expect that these things are normal and you take medication for it but it's, it's not normal at all is it and they mm-hmm. can be corrected and it was an interesting thing when you said the the correct type of movement me and you move a lot like we do it for a living, but we enjoy exercise as well. Mm. We've spoke about it in previous episodes that you'll probably benefit from doing more of a strength training regime because you're already quite flexible, whereas I'm the opposite. For me, mm. I do too much kind of resistance and high intensity stuff. So for me, I need to incorporate stretching a lot more. 
So mm-hmm. it, both of them are movement, but we already get the right amount. We just can be like, for me particularly, I can probably tweak the type of movement essentially, because when I stretch areas that don't get stretched often enough, it's going to transport blood and oxygen and nutrients into those part of the body, which have become stagnant, which have become too stiff. And that's just going to make me feel better. It doesn't have to be a crazy workout or something you've seen on Instagram. Sometimes just as simple as stretching and getting some energy into areas which haven't had that energy can make you feel better. You often do this without consciously thinking about it. Sometimes you'll, I'll find it with clients, I'll give them a stretch and you can just see on the face, the relief in the, like the joy in the face of like, <laughs> they've just opened up an area which hasn't been opened up. And it's just a natural thing. They cannot help but express like a, a positive reaction yeah, to it's it. It's like the eyes glaze over, don't they? And they get this like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, like you say, the, the body doesn't lie. It yeah. cannot hide what it's feeling. And we were saying there, like if you if you sit and you become stagnant, we were talking about this off air before we came on. I guarantee everyone at one point in their life has, has said, oh, I, I just need to get up and move. Like, you know, mm. you've been sat on a plane or you've been sat at a meeting or something. You just feel as though you need to get up and just move everything around, go for a walk. It's because everything is just ground to a halt, basically. The body likes to be constantly moving, moving the organs, moving the muscles, moving waste out. And when we become stagnant and don't move enough, we say, oh, I just need to move. But imagine if you did that on a daily basis over 10 years. Mm. You can do a lot of damage, but it's it's so easily corrected. Yeah, I just remember, just reminded me when me and Stephen went on a long car journey one day, and it was just after he'd had his hip up. So he'd had his operation, but he was fit enough to drive. So it was like about, must have been a couple of months after. And I'm not very good at sitting in a car for very long. Anyway, so we'd been driving about two hours and we stopped. We just pulled over at this service station. We both got out and I started doing lunges and squats around the car park. And he was like lifting his legs and doing all the stuff. Then we just got back in the car and drove off. And I was thinking about all those people watching us, just thinking, what a load of nuts them two were. (laughs) It's just like, you just need to move, don't you? You know, if you sitting down for too long yeah and it's not like it's your body you start to feel like ache, you start to get aches but you start to feel yeah. kind of that not nervous energy but you feel as you, you just want to get out and just do something but it also like it's like getting the fresh air but you get back in the car you feel as your brain's switched on again yeah you feel as though like to. a bit more upbeat don't you mm-hmm. you need to move yeah absolutely do and like you said like because we do it all the time as well i think it's even more noticeable when we stop. And I was saying this to one to my clients today because, you know, I've got people coming back into classes who maybe haven't done anything over the last lockdown because we're just starting to come out of lockdown number three now, isn't it? Which has been the longest one so far. And uh, so now I've got people in my class who some have been continuing, so I've still got the online version. So they've been doing stuff, so they're super fit. And then I've got people coming back who haven't done anything for the last six months. And it's like finding the balance between not killing the ones who've come mm. in and still challenging the ones who've always been there. And yeah, it's, was, it's been such a pattern interrupt, hasn't it? Yeah, and I was just having this conversation today. So they were saying, like, I was just saying, because I just could not stop. Like, I've when you have as well, we've worked over the last six months. Well, I've worked over, you haven't. No, you stopped, didn't you? Because you, you were doing your stuff, but you were still going to the gym and stuff. But it's just so hard to um, stop when you do it all the time. And uh, for me, it's harder to get back. So that's why I don't stop. You know what I mean? It's like, I hate that feeling of going backwards. Yeah, even if you don't 
feel as though you can continue at the same pace you're used to going at if something happens sometimes your body tells you to slow down a little bit it doesn't mean stop completely does it yeah instead of doing five pilates classes a week just maybe do two or three or just go or just have maybe one week off and then get back into it um mm. you shouldn't stop altogether and sometimes if you if you you start to lose interest in something it's your body's way of just saying you need a rest you need to just mm. do some tai chi or go for a walk instead for a, it can be even um a couple of weeks or a month sometimes you need to cultivate that energy that energy you kind of just work out all the time because it's it's there in the name work out you're expending energy you're using resources and if you don't have enough resources to use it's just more and more stress and you then you start to get injuries you, you start to become disheartened you start to lose enjoyment for whatever kind of exercise regime you do that's your body way of saying you, you need to calm down that kind of rest and digest and cultivate some energy which um probably leads us on to talking about what a simpler workout routine could be like a working routine yeah so the general rule is work in before you work out um i get asked this all the time because people want to come you know they see my kind of like kettlebell class or bar class which is really it's low intent it's low impact but really high intensity classes and people want to come in and like, from not doing anything. And when you've got a class full of people who've been doing it for like the last three or four years, it's quite difficult for new people to come in. So I always say, make good Pilates first and get that awareness of your body, get that, that, you know, intrinsic strength to be able to like hold yourself in a plank kind of stuff, you know, that the, being able to do a squat properly lunges that's what we do in pilates like movement side of it learn how to move your body first and then start moving it really well and doing these higher intensity classes but first work in first to get that knowledge into your body so yeah it's just the whole thing of crawl before you can walk before you can run yeah yeah don't go just jumping in the deep end because that's how you get injured and um then you've you you'll you'll get disheartened as well because everybody else will be doing it and you'll be like oh why can't I do it and then it's just because they've been doing it for so long but it's also um yeah you can get injured quickly and and stuff like that so it's better off to work in first then work out you should have almost too much energy or feel as Mm. though you're you're waiting for the exercise class to start you're really upbeat and you're you're ready to go into it but if you're just going in to an exercise regime and you already feel tired, it's just your body way of saying, have a day off. Because mm. the, the chances are you don't have enough resources on board that day. You could just need one rest day. So we've said it before, train, don't drain. I find that really helpful, a really easy analogy. You should not feel drained after a workout. You might feel tired for an hour or two if you've worked hard enough, but you should never be drained and feel like you've absolutely splattered yourself. <laughs> it's probably yeah. counterintuitive. It's probably uh, counterproductive to what you're going there for. Which you see a lot that, of, don't you? Yeah, I find that if you're, if you're already overly tired and you go and do a hard workout, for me personally, I've done it in the past, um, the, the diet goes off the rails because I lose discipline. I'm so tired. I can't be bothered to cook a healthier meal, so I'll, I'll have something uh, not as healthy. So it all comes into play. It's listening to yourself and don't just go and... It's putting the ego aside a little bit as well. If you think, mm. oh, I'm, I shouldn't really skip that exercise class tonight because everyone else is going to be better than me, but everyone's on their own journey. You, you exactly, just have to yeah. lay off a little bit, yeah, and think about the long term. Yeah, so some simple workings that you can do as well, which are really good for energy building, 
So if you've been sat at your desk all day and you just need that whole stretch out, just things like shoulder rolls and moving your arms, I'm doing it now. You can't say listeners, but I'm rolling my shoulders. And just standing up straight, pot, getting into good posture is absolutely a great way. And um, posture, as I always say, is 80% habit and 80% of awareness. So you can correct most of your postural problems just by thinking about it. You've probably all just straightened up now as well. Now I've started talking about it, haven't you? So shoulders back and down, chin in, head lengthened through the back of the neck, all of that kind of stuff. So good for you. And that's kind of a work in. You're just taking a few deep breaths. Breathing is a work in. Breathing is a part of the, the movement system, getting stuff around your body. So it's standing up nice and tall and straight and breathing. That comes as movement, doesn't it? Yeah, breathing's a big one and it requires no space, no equipment, anything, you know what I mean? And it's it can change your mood as well really instantly. Mm. Breaths, like we, we've become a little bit fascinated by this lately as well, haven't we? And we probably yeah. get, get into it a little bit more, but it's it can have such a beneficial effect. You can literally feel as high as a kite of just doing a few breathing exercises. And say if you, you have a job where you do get quite stagnant and you, you sit all day and it's, it's quite hard to avoid, you can incorporate breathing exercises and that's a form of movement. It's moving mm. oxygen around your body. It's moving your lungs, moving your diaphragm. So sometimes the easiest things can be overlooked, but they do work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and breathing is one of, it's something that is always there. I was reading a really interesting article last night actually about why all these Eastern traditions have breath work in them, you know, like Qijong, Tai Chi, all of those kind of Eastern religions and, and methods. And they were saying that from the ancient people knew that breath was closely connected to the mental health, to physical health. And it was the only thing that they had because they didn't have all these other technologies that we've got now, like drugs and machinery and stuff. So that was the only way that they could connect everything together. And so that's why breath has always been central to all of these things, because it was their only technology. So they tried loads of different methods of stuff and came up with lots of different things, which we're just rediscovering now. Like saying like the Wim Hof breathing, that's just him rediscovering and repackaging like a, a really ancient form of breath called Tumnu from um, the Himalayas, um, which the Buddhist monks used to use to keep warm. So that interesting. I don't know whether it's the same philosophy of the Buddhist monks, but I know there was one ancient tradition. I might have been the monks, but I heard before they used to, when they were meditating, they used to soak the the robes in cold water and then put the robe back on. Then they had to sit and meditate and breathe until the clothes dried out from the body heat. Right. So it's, and obviously when you meditate, you just, a lot of them just focus on the breath. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting as well when you think it's only breath, but even people who are, the full body disabled and you can't even move the arms or the legs, they can still breathe, they can still move the lungs, the movement is still there, it still pumps and yeah. moves the spine to some degree. So it is always there. So yeah, breath is huge. It's absolutely huge. And I'm glad it's kind of getting rediscovered now, I would say. Yeah. It's it's, it's very early on, but Wim Hof's made it popular. Um you've got some good books, haven't you? I know the one by James Nestor and a few other oh, ones. Oh, that's brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what they were saying as well, you know, like when LSD, they were doing a lot of experiments. It was a really good program. And I was telling you about the other night, wasn't it, about using psychedelics. We've already done a podcast on psychedelics about using them to help treat depression. And the reason that the um, LSD got banned, uh, when LSD got banned, they had to look for something else to get the same effects. And 
that's when they started using breath work, the holotropic breathing and stuff that you can actually get the same effects in your brain. It's like tricking your brain into this, um, into the same state. It's the same area of the brain that gets stimulated that would do it via drugs as well. So it's quite interesting, quite powerful. When we did the psychedelics episode, we spoke about uh, ayahuasca when people do ceremonies and have these deep experiences. The drug that gets released is dimethyltryptamine or DMT. Yeah. And I think yeah, the human body contains DMT, and I think the biggest place is the lungs where it's contained. Yes, that's apart, where it comes from. Yeah. Apart from the pineal gland, I think that has um, secreted a lot, particularly when we die, I think. But mm. the lungs contain a lot. So, yeah, you can probably get these really spiritual deep psychedelic experiences just from breathing exercises mm-hmm. um and i do the the wim hof breath breathing sometimes so i'll just do two or three rounds because it's quite intense that's it, it can get quite heavy and it's a lot of, like energy dependent but it makes you mm-hmm. feel good but some people do like 10 15 rounds and they must get into some crazy states of like a different consciousness that's mm-hmm. like i've kind of been there a little bit but to do 10 rounds it, yeah and it's just breath you think it's only oxygen and but it's so simple, but it really works. Oxygen and carbon dioxide as well, because they're saying it's actually carbon dioxide that is what's doing it. Because your oxygen, our body's really good at keeping our oxygen levels the same. I know this is not nothing to do with movement now, we've gone off on a one, <laughs> but it's not so good at keeping um, carbon dioxide. And you know, like how the ancient Roman, Romans and Greeks and all of them, they used to always go into thermal baths and stuff, you know, with the carbon dioxide and all the sulfur and all that kind of stuff. And now they're just rediscovering all of that stuff that, every, that they knew at the time that, and yeah. it's all accessed through breath work, so... Interesting. Yeah, a lot of it's been suppressed as well because marketers and people want to tell you that it's something else which is going to help you. Exactly. Because you can there's there's no you don't have to buy anything to breathe. And breathing can help you solve a lot of problems, kind of mentally, emotionally, physically, but it's free. But if someone convinces you that you need this pill or this bit of exercise equipment or this routine, they can sell that to you and, Mm. and and repeat that sale all the time. But if you just mastered your breath work, it can it's again it's a form of movement it's a form of nutrition it moves things around your body yeah that can so, heal a lot of your problems yeah so the diaphragm which is your main breathing muscle is um actually one of the main pumps of your body isn't it yeah so we we mentioned the word um, biological oscillators or mm. biological pumps earlier on so it's the the diaphragm the mm-hmm. abdominal muscles and the the pelvic floor so when we move, these muscles contract and they force blood and water and oxygen throughout the body. We've said before, the lungs, are like, they're like a bellows. So you think of all, everything in your body like a bellows, they contract, they expand, and it just forces movement throughout the body. So we think of movement as just exercise, but everything is constantly moving throughout your body. Nothing just stays still, does it? Yeah, and I've added another one on, because I'm improving on Paul Cech's work here. Um so I'm adding in the calf muscles are a biological um, pump as well. In dance world, the, the calf muscles are the second heart because they return the blood back up the body. So keeping your calf muscles nice and strong, like we do in bar class actually, because everyone gets that shaky shake thing in the calf muscles and like they're going to explode. It's because we're working off your heels a lot. So the calf muscles are contracted, really good for venous return back up into the system so good for your circulation is that like when you first learn to drive and you put your foot on the clutch and your foot starts <laughs> <Yes. shaking? laughs> yeah 
because your calf oscillators aren't strong enough. Yeah, exactly. You have to build them, build them up. Um, you know, like people who live in bungalows. Have you heard of bungalow calves? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? Because they don't go up steps anymore. Yeah, because you don't go up steps. So people, it's a well-known fact that people who live in bungalows have bungalow calves. So um, yeah, you've got to keep climbing up and down steps and keeping your calf muscles working. <laughs> So if you live in a bungalow, you need to buy a step. Is there, a, is there a, the opposite to that? If you live in a townhouse with three stories, yeah, do you get yeah, townhouse you calves, so they're bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Shapely townhouse calves or flat bungalow calves. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. So um, body pumps, so diaphragm, abdominal muscles, Paul Check says, are a pump. Um, pelvic floor muscles. So keeping those nice and strong, again, constipation is one of the main reasons that you have prolapses and problems with the pelvic floor. So uh, movement again, and my addition of the calf muscles. Yeah, so it went from Hippocrates to Paul Check to Jill Robinson with the calf. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm I'm coming from a long lineage, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants and all that kind of stuff. So there's a, a thing I want to mention Again, just a few kind of little facts about movement, again, which they help the bodily systems. We just said a few there. So obviously we know movement helps maintain muscle. Uh And we know muscles, obviously, it helps us in everyday life. Um, Lift things, helps us move. It obviously looks attractive as well, nice lean muscle. So that's got another positive benefit. But muscles are also highly metabolically active or like energy consuming. Uh Um, So it's good for blood sugar regulation. So if you do... Uh, struggle with that if you get those kind of highs and lows where your blood sugar crashes having more muscle and more movement into your body can help that regulation so it can balance everything out yes. we've already said earlier on if you just sit all day you become sluggish and you feel as though you're tired all the time and but if you have more muscle in your body and you move more the more you move the more energy it gives you mm-hmm. which, which sounds can sound counterintuitive but sometimes if you come out of a workout uh, or a, like I say an exercise class you can you can feel elevated. You can feel as though you have more energy than when you went in. Mm-hmm. That's another side effect of movement. Happy um, hormones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, aches and pains, things like that. It could be ju- just a lack of movement because you're not getting water and blood into those joints. So even just something mm-hmm. as simple as walking, just getting blood and water in there, and just kind of lubricating the joints, it can just eliminate that. It's so simple. And an interesting one, which are kind of, I think I mentioned it in another podcast, but. It was about the cardiovascular system on the heart. So a kind of regular movement will maintain that muscle. But because your heart is the solely, not solely responsible, but mainly responsible for pumping blood. But then when it gets to the muscles, the muscles pump again. And it, it takes the stress off the heart. It stops the heart mm-hmm. being like the giving it too much stress so that the muscles help out. So it can decrease your chance of cardiovascular disease, which is huge. It's one of the biggest killers in the Western world. So yeah, regular movement. We all get told that it's good for good for our hearts, but we don't really know why. But it's because it, it maintains the muscle tone of everything else, which helps the heart out, so it reduces the stress. Um, so I found that quite interesting, but it, you can see the correlation. Very good. Yeah, I just want to quickly mention as well about insulin resistance. So as you get older and you start to um, not be as good at processing insulin as you used to be, and so your body becomes what's called insulin resistance. So your body produces too much of it, which then makes you get belly fat because then your body's going, we've got all this 
these sugars circulating around. What do we do? We store them as fat. We haven't got enough energy. So having more muscle mass can actually solve that problem. Yeah. And when we say muscle mass, we don't mean like huge, big muscles. It's just having muscle in the correct place, the correct amount for your, for mm-hmm. however you live your daily life. I mean, if you've got a really active job, you're probably going to have more, you're going to need more muscle mass, but everyone has a correct amount, which is going to keep us healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, muscle mass it doesn't mean like a Hercules, does it? Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, <laughs> yeah. you can have muscle strength without muscle mass, can't you? Yeah, exactly. It's just the right amount for you. Exactly. So when you're in good posture as well, that is a form of movement. I kind of like touched on it before, but when you're in good posture, you should have equal switching on of both sides of the body. So that is that constant. I always describe it like a tent with the guy ropes coming off the equally pulling on both sides rather than just if one guy ropes really tight, the other one has to compensate and become slacker. So that's what happens in the body. So when you're in good posture, your muscles are always switched on and that is also a form of movement. Yeah. Things we just kind of don't really think about, do we? But um, yeah. And that's, I said earlier, like stretching as well, that's a form of movement. So if your posture is incorrect, you do need to stretch. You need to move. You need to, and when you stretch, your muscle might only literally move and your muscles and your tendons, your ligaments, they might move a millimeter, but that's enough to get you out of pain. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you think movement, it doesn't have to be a 10 kilometer hike. It could be stretching a muscle a couple of millimeters past what it normally is. And that's enough. That's what mm-hmm. you need. But again, it's, it's still movement. I got anything else to add? I don't think so. Like you say, I think at the start, we just, we kind of, this one should be the most easy for people to understand that we need mm. to move you know if you're feeling sluggish but you and but just be a bit more aware if, if you're overdoing it or if you're underdoing it but yeah my goal of this one is to give people a few facts about the hidden benefits of movement like the lymphatic yeah. system good for your immune system things like that they all rely on movement true and also waste management and um getting things out of your body and yep. moving stuff around your body and the foundation principles that this would um that doctor movement is obviously movement and breath yep i think we um we kind of went off on a tangent about breath but i think it's uh that's getting channeled yeah. through us at the moment isn't it yeah it's, it's really important yeah we're, we're, we're becoming breathwork gurus me and you so i think what we'll do eventually is just do a whole series on breathing Mm, yeah yeah and it, it's it sounds like oh like people i even talk to people and say it's just breath it's just breathing i breathe all day but you can tweak it so much to give you energy to decrease your anxiety it's just yeah it's amazing how complex and how deep it can get <laughs> but we do yeah. it all day every day without thinking about it it's strange isn't it? and did you know that women breathe differently at different times of the month i didn't but i do now yeah you do now that's interesting because your heart rate increases and your blood pressure goes different ways and all sorts of stuff so interesting facts cool so that was dr movement and we're going to finish on the next episode with dr happiness which sounds like a children's book i think dr happiness (laughs) (laughs) doesn't really sound very technical does it yeah but it's one of the it's the chief physician yeah we'll we'll not give too much away yet but this was one of hippocrates's um inner physicians which he found was key to people living people living a healthy life wasn't it yeah yeah so um excellent doctor movement in the bag that was part three part four is coming up soon so remember you can subscribe you can listen to us on 
Apple Podcast on Spotify, Joe's website, Podbean, Alexa, Google Home. Anywhere else? All over the place. All over. All over the joint. All over. So, yeah, my website is organicpilates.co.uk. Go on there. You'll find a whole array of information and our podcast links on the podcast page. Brilliant. We'll see you at episode four. Fabulous. Bye.